All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Porn in the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and today I'm glad to be back with you to continue this discussion about John 14, 6, where Jesus makes this incredible statement. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now, this was a truth spoken by Jesus, who is the truth. And the word is truth, and Jesus is the word. And so it's a beautiful statement. One, I think it's worth us unpacking. And really, what we're focused on is the statement of Jesus calling himself the way. And the way, of course, in this context, when he was speaking to the people, the way is the way to salvation, the way to the Father, the way to peace with God, right? So the way to um, eternal salvation, where we don't, where we don't experience the consequences of our sin, which, what are the consequences? It's the just wrath of God, right? So God is holy, and when we trust in Christ, we trust in the blood of Jesus Christ to save us from our sins. We put faith in the sacrifice the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, then we come to know Jesus as the way to the Father. But Jesus is also the way to sanctification, right? So he's not only our way one time for salvation, he is our way for the entirety of our Christian life. And so that's what we're discussing. That's what we're unpacking is, especially as men who struggle with pornography and masturbation, these things that we we wish we're not in our lives, and a lot of times we ignore the fact, we don't talk about it, and so we need to come to understand that Jesus continues to be the way. So he's the way to freedom, and so we last, last time on the podcast, we looked at the way, we talked about the way is uncommon, right? It's uncommon today. It's uncommon. And so now we're going to pick up from there. Not only is the way uncommon, but I'm going to tell you it's uncomfortable. So what do I mean by this? Well, let's think about it. How, like, can we name one saint who served Christ, whose life was on mission for Christ? Can we name one saint whose life was characterized by comfort and ease? Now, this is not the same as peace at all, but can we, can we name one saint whose life was characterized when we look at them, we're like, oh, what a, just a comfortable, easy life. I don't, I don't think we can because what I've, what I noticed in my own life and in the lives of many men who struggle on their walk with Christ is that like comfort breeds complacency and then complacency complacency kind of bleeds into compromise and this pattern is really shown in the book of judges now we're not going to go to the book of judges and look at it i would highly recommend there's a book by tim keller called judges for you if you want to see what he calls the cycle of the judges, and it's repeated over and over and over in the life of the Israelites, and it's repeated over and over and over in the life of us. 
Like, this is what we do. We seek comfort that leads to complacency, and that complacency eventually turns into compromise with God's word and his truth. And that leads in the book of Judges to capture, like the enemies of God captured the people of God, and then they were crushed. So comfort, complacency, compromise, capture, and crushed. And then what happens? Then they call out to God. And a lot of times that's what, that's what happens in our lives, right? So it took a, a major shakeup in my life in 2013, a major pit being crushed, being captured by the enemy because I was complacent and I compromised until I cried out to God. And so the way is not only uncommon, but it's also uncomfortable. And let's look at this in the word of God. So Genesis 12, one, now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And then verse four, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. Now, we may not see this as a big deal, but this was an, like, this was huge. This was huge. This was not comfortable. Like comfortable would be for Abraham or for Abram to stay in his country with his kindred in his father's house. But to do the will of the Lord, to be used by God, he had to leave his identity behind, his old identity behind. Like, it was not who he was anymore. This was, this was a, a major deal. He's leaving his entire country, not only his entire country, all of his kindred, his, his, the, his people, and then his father's house. And he went. Like he was cutting the closest family ties. Do you think that was comfortable? No, it wasn't comfortable. It was a step of faith. He had to do something that, that I'm, I'm putting myself in his shoes. Like there's probably a lot of fear and a lot of doubt and a lot of hesitation and a lot of like just arguing within himself. Do I do this? Like, God, what are you calling me to do? Like, this is so far out of my comfort zone. And then later, Genesis 22, after these things, God tested Abraham and said, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. Think about this. This was told to Abraham, and then apparently an evening passed, and he arose early in the morning. Do you think that was a comfortable night's sleep, or do you think he was tossing and turning? I think I remember reading, and this may have been an A.W. Tozer book many years ago, probably 20 years ago, and it was talking about this. <laughs> it was talking about Abraham, just like we don't see it in Scripture, but just imagining the wrestling and the faith that it took 
the battle within his own mind of what this might mean? So what does the way look like if it's uncomfortable? Well, it's going to look different for different people, right? Like, let's look at what Jesus had to say. Luke 9. Jesus is the way. Remember, Jesus is the way. So Luke 9, verse 57, as they were going along the road, someone said, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Like my life is, this is not a life of comfort. Like, I don't even have anywhere to lay my head. So count the cost before you say you want to follow me, count the cost, because guess what? It's not a comfortable existence. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus says to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So what does it look like in your life? Well, it's going to look different in everybody's life, differently in everybody's life. I was in um, a place called Kashmir. You might have heard of the land of Kashmir. It's, it's really on the border of Pakistan and India, up in North India. Beautiful place. Belongs to India, but it's, but it's contested with Pakistan. And so um, there is a, a battle that uh, is continually waged for this land in any way. But we were up there visiting with church planners, and we were up there visiting with believers. And it's a predominantly Muslim uh, area of, of India. And we were there visiting, and these, these are brothers and sisters who worship in secret. These are brothers and sisters who share the gospel at the risk of their lives. And uh, I'll never forget, I was with my brother and a group of us, um, uh, pastor, my pastor was David Platt, and we were listening to the story of one of these young men who told about his, he, how he and his wife came to faith in Christ from their background and their family, um, like, did not approve and they were seeking to to do them harm their family was and anyway long story short they um they thought it was okay to go back home and they went home and um he got put in prison and his wife was poisoned by her own parents and she passed away and so as we sat there listening to the story we were just blown away but and, and really mainly at the fact that he pointed to a few other believers in the room and he said, had not my wife sacrificed her life for the gospel, these sisters would not have come to faith in Christ. And we just sat there and just amazed and blown away by the fact that there are still people who risk their lives to make the grace and the sacrifice and the salvation of Christ known among people who don't 
know and who don't believe. And it just caused me to stop and look at my life and think about how comfortable I want to arrange everything. And Jesus is saying here in Luke chapter nine, he's like, you know, not only is the way uncommon, but it's also uncomfortable. Now for you, that may not mean risking your life, but you have to understand that, that you carry along with you, especially brother who is struggling with pornography and masturbation, you carry with you great fear and anxiety. It's not faith. It's not faith. It's fear and anxiety that keeps you, that keeps you from getting help, that keeps you from following hard after Christ. It keeps you from taking great risks for the glory of God in your life. So what is the opposite? If, if, the way of Christ is not a life of comfort. What is the opposite? Well, I, I believe that it's not, it's not a life of discomfort, but it's a life of faith. It's a life of faith. I mean, think about James 2, when James is talking about works and faith. What does he point out? He points out that the life of faith is a life of sacrificial giving to the poor. The life of faith looks like Abraham, who we just read about, who left everything, and who was willing to sacrifice the very one thing that he loved in life, his son Isaac. And then James 2 goes on to tell us that a life of faith is like Rahab, who risked her life because she believed in God. So a life of faith, the opposite of a life of comfort is a life of faith, free from the illusion of control. And a life of faith is ready at a moment's notice to course correct according to God's voice. So comfort and ease and security in this world doesn't like we don't see that in scripture we see a life of faith and joy in christ no matter the outward circumstances i mean this this passage just speaking of james passage in james 4 is a great reminder for me like i need this all the time 13 says 413 says come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You're a mist that will appear for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. If the Lord wills, like if the Lord wills, if he doesn't will, then I'm going to course correct because my life is not characterized by comfort. My life is characterized by faith. Another, another very easy example is when the Lord called Moses out of his life of 
shepherding a flock in his father-in-law's house for 40 years. Had Moses gotten comfortable? Yeah, maybe, probably. <laughs> it's just gotten to be a way of life for him. But God says, no, 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 come. I will send you, Exodus 3.10, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children Israel of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, we know how uncomfortable this was for Moses. We know because he protested. He's like, God, you need somebody else. This is not me. And God's like, no. Like Moses was comfortable keeping flock, keeping the flock, but God was working something behind the scenes that Moses was completely unaware of. And he had to leave the comfort of his profession. He had to come out of hiding. He had been in hiding. Why? Because he killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. So he had run away and he was in hiding. And God says, you know, I've seen you in hiding. I've seen you in your, like you're comfortable where you are, but, but I've got something more for you. I'm going to use you to make my name great. I'm going to use you to release people from slavery, my people from slavery, so that they will praise my name. Like come out of hiding. Leave the comfort of your home for the past 40 years. So let me ask you this, brother. Are you seeking comfort more than you're seeking the way? And I know, like, trust me, I know many of you, like for many of you, porn is the way you've medicated the uncomfortable truths of your life. And porn is how you comfort yourself. It's, it's like, it's, a, it's our comfort. And we wonder why our spiritual life is on life support. Why we're not leading our family from a place of authenticity and transparency. We wonder why we don't hear God's call in our life. I know that in my life, when this has happened, it's typically because I stopped listening to him a long time ago. And I traded in a life of joy in the service of Christ for the mirage of safety and security. Of hiding just to keep myself from doing the difficult and uncomfortable work of following him. For many of you listening to this podcast, my voice, God is calling you away from comfortable sedation to a life of faith and trust out of the pit of porn and into his service, his way, his truth, his life. You will never be the man God created you to be hiding in the shadows, working and striving and medicating your life to be as comfortable as possible. I'm going to leave you with just this thought because I was reading this morning. Uh, I was doing a study. I say doing a study. I was just looking at the life of the spirit is just thinking about it being like being led by the spirit 
and I came across a, a sermon that John Piper preached 1983 about the power of the spirit and being led by the spirit. And so I started reading it and it had this great analogy. <laughs> I loved it. And, it. and it comes from, I'm going to pull up this passage because I wasn't really prepared. Oh, here it is. Galatians 5, 16 says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And then he goes on to describe what the works of the flesh are. And they're everything that this podcast is about, right? <laughs> Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, en enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, and so on. But then he follows up in verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And, and Piper's point here was something that I had not thought about. He says in verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, he said, this is a passive, like this is in the passive voice, like you're being led. And he said, so it's not, so here's the analogy. You're being led not like the Holy Spirit is a pace car at the Daytona 500 who's leading the pack out, right? So you're, you're a driver, you're in the race. The Holy Spirit is not like the pace car that sets the pace and you're following behind, you're steering the steering wheel, you're pressing the gas, you're maneuvering, doing your thing. It's not like that at all. That's your power. You're not like looking to the spirit and saying, oh, I've got to, I've got to strive to follow him. I got to keep up with the spirit. That's not it. This leading is like a locomotive. And you are a part of the train that must be attached to the locomotive. Where is the power? The power is in the locomotive. The power is in the engine at the front of the train. And you must be hooked into that to be led by the spirit led by the spirit. And when you are hooked into that, there is victory through the spirit of God, period, the end. Brother, this is the truth. Like my freedom from pornography and masturbation for the past four years is not based on my striving. Now, I love to talk about the Christian walk as war because I believe it is. Like, we need to go to war against our sin. But victory is found in being led by the Spirit of God. And so one of the most important things that I learned along this journey is that to be led by the Spirit of God, I must find joy in Christ. And that takes my will. Like I need to strive. I need to work to turn my focus and my mind and my attention to Christ, to joy in him. It doesn't come automatically. This is my part. My part is attaching myself to that locomotive and saying, I'm going to hold on <laughs> and spirit, you lead me, like give me joy in Christ. And when I have joy in Christ, I love the things that he loves, and I detest the things that he detests. And you know what? I can have empathy for you, brother, because I know what it feels like 
I know what it feels like to be alone and isolated and hiding, medicating, looking for a life of comfort. Like I don't want to deal with the uncomfortable truths of my life. So I want to tell you, you can change. Like the Lord has created you for change. He's created you to expand. He's created you to grow in Christ. There's like, he's created you to bear fruit. You're, you're, you're supposed to be leaving the elementary truths and growing up into maturity. This is an everlasting journey. This is an everlasting maturing. As long as you're here on earth, you must be growing in the knowledge of God. You're going to be maturing. He's going to be teaching you things. He's going to be revealing more sin. You have to give yourself to this work. But we never grow hiding in the shadows, in darkness. We need the sun. We need the light to grow, to be nourished. We need to deal with our junk, with our wounds, with our issues, with our hurts. We need to deal with these things. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Jesus, but Jesus is the way. It's uncommon and it's uncomfortable, but it is so worth it. All right, brothers, that is it. I am going to come back. The next one that uh, I'm going to share with you will just be, uh, it'll be the last one in this little small series on Jesus as the way. And I um, hope you come back. And if you haven't already, I'd love to love for you to leave a review. If you are brave enough, you can say something on there like you loved it or you hated it, whatever the case is. I'm, I'm okay with it. It just is helpful. It's not about me reading and, and getting a, a pat on my back um, from the review. It's more about other brothers in Christ who may be struggling. And like, this is one of the things we do. We read reviews and if it's, uh, you know, positive and if it's uh, real and authentic, if you just share kind of what your uh, heart is, then, then maybe somebody will pick this up and listen to it. If you think it's been worth it to you. All right, guys, that is it. I will see you on another episode of porn and the gospel.